Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the LDS Study Session, episode one, Where Will This Lead? Uh, my name is Matt uh, and I've decided to begin recording this podcast mainly for myself um, but for anyone else that wants to listen to my thoughts and ramblings. Basically, uh, I've been impressed recently um, to start looking at podcasts and to look into kind of the value that they can give me on the go uh, whilst I'm doing the dishes, whilst I'm mowing the lawn. Uh, you know, all those kind of menial tasks where I get kind of bored out of my mind, just to kind of make more active use of my time. I was actually um, out ministering uh, about a month or so ago, and um, the person I was serving at the time mentioned about how they were trying to introduce more positive influences into their lives, and they talked about podcasts. And I'd heard about podcasts mentioned before quite a few times by various people, but at that moment, I don't know, it, it just kind of struck my heart cord a bit and made me think, oh, do you know what, I, I, I'd, I'd quite like to have a look and see what all this podcasting is about. And I had a look and I found, amazingly, there was podcasts for all sorts of things. There are obviously spiritual aspects of my life with, with, the, with the Restored Gospel. There's plenty of wonderful podcasts out there, uh, which I will be sharing in, in future episodes, I'm sure, in my work as, as a primary school teacher. Uh, I currently teach Year 3 in the UK in primary school. Uh, so I teach about seven or eight year olds and there's an, an amazing array of educational podcasts and things like that. I mean, the general ones such as TED Talks and things like that, I've been very interested in. Uh, and also my, my hobby is football. There's loads of football podcasts. I mean, obviously some are uh, a bit more easier to watch than to listen to than others. But I just kind of found that these were great thought places to find ideas and thoughts. And so I thought about creating my own not again for others to listen to if they wish but mainly for myself because I found that I'm pretty good at making sure I do my study but I feel like if I can give something to someone else develop and strengthen one of their uh, foundations of their faith or or anything like that then that you know is a good thing to do but also uh, if anyone is listening and wants to share some thoughts I'm thinking about maybe having a Twitter platform or something like that where people can share comments and share ideas and thoughts and lift my faith uh, because I've just really felt impressed that the more we share, the more we share our testimonies, the more we share our faith and aspects that we have found uh, revelatory experiences in, then the more we feel uplifted. I was particularly impressed, and I will name drop one of the podcasts I've been listening to now, is The Cultural Hall. I think that that is a wonderfully professionally made podcast with many um great people um there's been people from the more well sorry the the tabernacle quiet temple square um there's been many other individuals i've listened to recently who have just shared their story and i've just been really inspired and so i don't intend for this uh, to kind of uh take shape in that way i don't think that this will be as uh insightful a platform to draw that many listeners and that many wonderful guests but even if this, this is just for myself and maybe one or two others that want to just kind of listen to someone's thoughts on the restored gospel, then that is, you know, something for me. And even if it's just myself listening back to this years on, then, you know, it's a record of my studies. And I, I've, I love studying the gospel. I think that we, we get so many uh, opportunities. We, we are in a golden age of gospel study at this time. When you think of the technology, the access to various records and things that we have, translations the global um, kind of viewership that we have and scholarship that we have this is such a great time to be studying the gospel when, when i think about you know even when i was younger you know when i was eight nine years old in the 90s um you know just how 
different it is now, 20 years later. And, you know, in 20 years later, further on to the future, into 2040, you know, just think where we could be. So this is quite an exciting thing for me. And, uh, well, bear with me. If you're listening, uh, we'll get to it all and we'll dive right in. You'll have to bear with me because, you know, I am a full-time teacher. I, I, do, I do have a call at church. I've got two young kids, six and four years old. And so, you know... These aren't going to be the professionally made, you know, sponsored uh, podcasts you'll be listening to in other areas. But again, maybe you'll you'll find something I, I mentioned quite interesting to look into. Anyway, my first episode that I wanted to start with, ironically, is because I've been asked to teach in Elders Quorum in a couple of weeks time. And I've decided and they kind of gave me um, um, a free reign of what do I want to share or what talk from General Conference do I want to focus on as, you know, in, in, in Elders Corn discussions now we are focusing on the most recent General Conference. And I uh, wanted to focus on this one. Uh, it's by President Dallin H. Oaks, Where Will This Lead from the Priesthood Session? And actually, this is kind of one part of the three part of talks that really hit me in this last General Conference and have really made me think about myself personally. Leading up to General Conference, there was so many... Um, rumours and discussions and predictions about what big changes would be happening. You know, we're well into over a dozen changes in the past 12 months, um, or just over 12 months, with President Nelson uh, being called and sustained as prophet, and uh, prophet serum revelator. And, you know, I think that naturally people were thinking, well, what's this big change going to be? But actually I found that this conference led to probably the largest change that that I have witnessed in, in the past 12 or 15 months. So the, the, the change that I felt that was the biggest for me was a personal change. And this kind of really kind of began with these three talks in, in the priesthood session. I loved the, the Saturday sessions. There was many, many talks that stood out to me. But these three just kind of hit home and then just set the tone for the rest of the conference for me. President Iring, President Oaks and President Nelson, um, you know, the, the, the first presidency, their three talks really hit home. President Nelson began uh, in his talk in the power of sustaining faith. And uh, the, the biggest thing I got from that was was sustaining our leaders and how how we sustain them and how, you know, that commitment we make by raising our arms to the square. You know, what is it that we are committing when we sustain the leaders of the church? And really, it, it was quite a hard-hitting talk. And I, I find President Aaron is a wonderful, I, I love many of the speakers in, in the Quorum of the Twelve, the First Presidency, the Seventy, and the Auxiliary, Presid- Auxiliary Presidencies. But President Nelson, I often, you know, think, oh, you know, it's President, uh, President, sorry, President Iron now, he's speaking and, oh, he'll be, you know, a wonderful, insightful, soft-spoken individual and I'm going I'm to enjoy his talk. But actually, this was quite a hard-hitting one. It was quite a, brethren, you need to see where you're at and work on this. And it was, it, it kind of took me by surprise. And then, of course, we lead into President Oaks, which I'll go into more detail on in a moment. But then we go into President Nelson and his talk on repentance and wow i mean to be honest i've been asked to teach at the elders quorum i was fully intending on using president nelson's talk but then uh, the elders quorum president uh, did speak about that on sunday and so i was a bit gutted but so i'm going for my uh, the one which kind of led up to his talk but yeah that was just uh, an incredible sermon on repentance and it's completely changed and it adapted the way that i view this really important part of the gospel anyway going into this and again i'm not you know this isn't a professional podcast you know i this is just my personal thoughts and things as i've been studying through this kind of things that have stood out one of the things he says is our past oh sorry quote our present and our future will be happier if we are always conscious of the future 
As we make current decisions, we should always be asking, where will this lead? Close quote. And I think that, you know, this is really why I started to get into podcasts, because I then led, did the ministry for this individual, which made me start looking into developing myself. Um, and, yeah, this is kind of one of the things that I thought it would be important to look at is what am I doing with my time? What what decisions am I making? And actually the first section, that he's, he splits it into kind of three. And the first section he t- looks at is the choices we make. And of course he talks about choices between bad and good things. He talks about choices between good and better things. And he also talks about choices such as doing something and doing nothing. And he talks about the, uh, as, as has been already um, wonderfully um, loved, is the parable of the squirrel and the setter. Uh, and I won't go too much into detail on that. You can, and you can look at the, uh, the, sh- the study notes to find the, the link to the talk. But um, basically, it, it's a situation where nothing was done about a, an impending uh, outcome, and then the outcome happened, and people were shocked and, and hor- horrified almost uh, by what had happened. But because no one had done anything, the outcome happened. Uh, and he says about this, that story is a, is a parable of sto- sorts. Um, quote, it applies to things we see on our own lives and in lives and circumstances around us as we see threats creeping up on persons or things we love we have the choice of speaking or acting or remaining silent it is well to ask ourselves where will this lead where the consequences are immediate and serious we cannot afford to do nothing we must sound appropriate warnings or support appropriate preventative efforts while there is still time close quote and i think that's so true i mean i think about you know in youth growing up and in my young adult life, you know, there's been so many circumstances where I look back and think, you know, if I'd said something, if I'd reached out and, you know, just offered a hand or just said something kind, would something be different now in, in that moment? You know, I, anyway, I guess that's why we had President Nelson talk about repentance afterwards and how it's uh, moving forward like that. However, one of the things that kind of stood out to me more was this idea he comes up with here a bit further on. Quote, more common are those choices between one action or another. These include choices between good or evil, but more frequently they are choices between two good things. Um, And he mentions something called an opportunity cost. Now, this is the first time I'd heard this phrase, opportunity cost. But then, ironically, about a week or so ago, I was listening to an educational podcast uh, which, which I've learned a lot from, and it talked about again. There's an opportunity opportunity cost in teaching. You know, you can choose to do one way or one approach of trying to get um, a concept over to the children, or you can choose another way. Or there's there's more, there's multiple um, ways. There's a plethora of ways of how you can try and a- approach teaching a certain concept, be it in maths or or, or in English grammar or something like that. But you have to be careful because if you choose one way and it is the complete wrong thing to do, not only have you lost time um, because the curriculum, certainly in the UK, but I'm sure in many areas of the world, is completely packed of things to get through, but you also might lead to misconceptions. You might lead children to start to form the concept in their minds incorrectly because of the way you led that approach. And this is kind of referring to a similar thing, this opportunity cost. When we make choices in our lives, we are able to make choices. I could be choosing right now to go and you know, play a video game uh, or do something that... Uh, and actually, I would like to point out that um, President uh, Oaks does say that there is nothing bad about playing video games. He said that. That's a quote. So that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but 
what could I be doing now? Where will this lead? Is it better if I go and do something? And do you know what? At times, I think it is important we choose something that is completely for leisure to relax our minds, to just give us that you know short bit of time where we can just unwind a bit and disconnect a little just to, to give ourselves that bit of uh, mindfulness and that bit of well-being. However, are there other ways we could be finding that well-being more productive, more enriching ways that we can be having that well-being given to us? It just really made me think. And actually, again, this is what's led me to kind of think about doing this podcast. Again, mainly for myself. If others want to listen, then great. But this opportunity cost, would I be better off right now doing something more mind-numbing or would I be better off just having a little think about what I've been studying recently and kind of developing those views? I mean, at, at the end you know, of this section, he says, quote, take the long view. What is the effect on our future of the decisions we make in the present? Remember the importance of getting an education, studying the gospel, renewing our covenants by partaking of the sacraments and attending the temple. I mean, that really sums that part up. Um, the choices we make have a eternal outcome. And I think that sometimes we forget that. I think that sometimes we just, we, we, we make choices day to day. We get to the end of the day and we, we realise just, you know, the day's gone. And we don't have an infinite amount of days on this earth. Um, so, you know, think about where this leads. Interestingly, the second section he, t- he talks about is labels. He says, quote, Where will this lead is also important in choosing how we label or think of ourselves. Most important to each of us is a child of God with the potential destiny of eternal life. And I think that this is a really fascinating and very short section in his, in his talk. He talks about labelling ourselves um, with occupation, race, physical characteristics, honours, and all these things, he says, are temporary, and they are not the things that will identify us in eternal terms. I find this fascinating. Um, really interesting. Why Why share this now? Um I can't help but feel that um, he's making some reference to, to labels that, um, you know, it, well, it, it just fascinates me.